0: Hey everyone, thanks for joining us this week. Hey
1: everyone, this is KJ.
0: And this is Jared.
1: And this is not a terribly good podcast. (laughs) What do you have for us this week, KJ? Well, let me tell you, Jared.
0: I guess we should introduce ourselves, and this being our first attempt at a podcast, which will either become a giant success or a fucking failure. <laughs> Nothing in between. Nothing in between. There, there is no middle ground. Um, and most of that is just going to be how quickly we lose interest in it i I bet (laughs) i think that's going to be the the defining factor whether this succeeds or not dude i've
1: never lost interest in a hobby (laughs) you know i got like eight dead bonsai trees outside my house still (laughs) (laughs) like the pots and little little twigs
0: yeah i have a uh, basement full of uh raw leather that i was trying to make journals (laughs) and holsters with that i just kind of got bored with
1: I have a (laughs) professional-grade blowgun.
0: Mason and I actually made blowguns one year. Like, we saw a YouTube uh, video on, hey, this is how you make blowguns. And I went, that's a great idea for me and an 8-year-old to do. (laughs) So, I'm Jared. And I'm Kelly. And this is not a terribly good podcast. Is is that really the name we're going with? That's really the name we're going with.
1: All right. I guess it fits. I
0: bought the URL. I'm going to tell KJ a story. Uh, He's never heard this story before, and um, I hope everybody enjoys it because I thoroughly enjoyed the 20 minutes of research I did writing this story. (laughs) That's that's pretty (laughs) impressive. I I did it while watching Paw Patrol with my youngest son. So no Paw Patrol names that made it into it, thank God. Um, And then I think uh, KJ's got a story that is decidedly shorter than mine (laughs)
1: uh i got a few depending on how long you want to do this but we can play by ear
0: yeah and most of this will get edited out uh we might leave some of these jokes in just because i don't know i'm gonna let marianne edit most of this just because she'd be like yeah you guys just no no you're not putting that out and so (laughs) so hopefully
1: it's less destructive than last time we tried something for her to deal with
0: Oh yeah, because you brought the ice yep. for that one. Yeah, <laughs> that I, I have a feeling that's gonna be a running joke through all of this. I do know that next time we need to make sure that we have designated drivers and some beer because I think that will make this a lot more fun.
1: I thought about bringing. Um, I have a bottle of Florida Cana. <laughs> <laughs> some of a bottle. <laughs> that's gonna
0: be that's gonna be twenty minutes go here in speech and then just hey, you remember that time. Uh, Step did this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, welcome
1: to the Step stories podcast hour.
0: <laughs> uh, oh man. That. Yeah. Like the time that he, I'll have to tell that story when he, uh, almost got me killed in Baltimore because we went to a strip club and he decided he wanted to take a stripper home with him. <laughs> Dude we're deploying. We leave tomorrow for the desert. Yeah, I don't care. She's coming with me. No, she's not.
1: <laughs> uh, he fell down. Uh, I was hang- I was with him last weekend when we were out hunting and he f- he got drunk and fell down in his RV shower. <laughs> 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 just like w- we're out watching uh in-, in his RV we're watching um uh The Hunted. Cuz he only has like four DVDs. Right. His SWAT, The Hunted, uh Dante's Peak and uh the Steven Seagal boat one. Oh, God. Uh, under yeah, Siege. Under Siege. And, and that's it. But, yeah, we're, we're just watching. It it's just here.
0: Thud, thud, thud. Oh, it was. And then, and then another thud is the slowest fall ever. And well, it's an RV shower. The thing is three <laughs> um, feet by three feet. He said he reached out and tried to grab the water to save him. <laughs> <laughs> he's only four feet tall. It couldn't have been that long of a fall. Yeah, he's fine. He's fine. Yeah. Oh, man. Where would you guys go hunting? Mike's house. <laughs> 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 why, why did he bring an RV? To camp, I uh. guess.
1: I don't know. We had a fire pit out there. Uh, uh, you know, it's cool. There's two deer hanging up. Uh, I'm going to go back next weekend.
0: Nice. Uh, yeah, I'm finishing up the duck blind this weekend, so we should be able to start heading up there. It's it's nice. We're going to use it as a bar during the summer. Like, we'll just take the the... the Windows off and just use it as a bar. That's pretty. I cool. mean, it's right on the river, so yeah. I might be able to. If the feds are listening to this, I am not running an illegal bar, but I'm totally <laughs> gonna run a bar <laughs> on the yeah. river and just have people boat up. Yeah, sure, I'll take a beer. <laughs> I don't know, that's all they do anyway. From across the uh, the beach, that's across the river from us, is they get over there and they drink, and then they take their boats back and go fill up their coolers.
1: I think up there in that part of the country. uh Getting drunk on the river is uh, pretty standard. <laughs> it's like a requirement. <laughs> no, you can't drive that boat until you've had at least three beers. Uh, sheriffs will come up and have a beer with you. Yeah.
0: Well, they got. There's one guy up there that actually bought an old sheriff's boat and cruises up and down the river just <sighs> scaring the yeah. shit out of people.
1: Just, I'd, I'd be pulling people over. Like, you guys got whistles? <laughs> All right. Watching you. Oh. So what else has been new? Uh, just hanging out with the kid. Yeah. Like watching toddlers poop is never gonna stop being funny. <laughs> she she just runs and runs and runs and runs and runs and, runs and she's got to just be working it out. <laughs> and then and then they, they stop and they make eye contact with you. <laughs> and you know you get you get <laughs> she like assumes the stance. You know feet shoulder width apart, a <laughs> little, little bit bent, and just stares you down. Ugh. <laughs> uh. 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 And I ask, like oh are, are you pooping like because if you're pooping we can we can go put you on the potty we can bring you upstairs it's it's okay if you're pooping I'm try not to be like ah oh no yeah scare off of it and then she goes no <laughs> and runs away <laughs>
0: you are not subtle girl uh xavier's different like he he wanted a potty train because I, I not really sure why but like <laughs> he loves to use the porta potty or the like the uh, the the outhouses that we put up at the property like he would rather go and use the toilet up there. In fact, he asked that last night. Dad, can I go? Can I use the bathroom outside? Dude, we're at home, bud. There is no <laughs> bathroom outside. Can I pee outside? No, it's like four degrees outside. Would you just go use the bathroom? Oh. <laughs> you're sad about this <laughs> yeah but he does that too he'll run and run and run and run and all of a sudden he'll look at you and, i gotta poop and then like take off at a dead sprint, like holding his butt crack like, i'm <laughs> i'm waiting
1: for that like we're you know i'm trying to i'm starting to float the idea that <laughs> hey maybe we don't need to poop on our diapers anymore right. maybe you know um but yeah she's <laughs> she's still pretty
0: young so yeah i'm not gonna stress it yeah it's Yeah, it'll happen. Then you just have to wipe their butt out of the toilet. (laughs) (laughs) One step at a time. Yeah. It's like, Xavier, i got to go to the bathroom. And so he'll run upstairs. Don't come in. I'm not done yet. Okay. Okay, I'm not done yet. You get up there, and there's like six books around him that he's like (laughs) (laughs) decided that he had to sit and read before he was done. He was probably done in 30 seconds, but he had to read all the books first. It's like, all right, kid. Well, yeah. Yeah. You're definitely mine. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone. I'm on the toilet. Oh, uh, what'd you bring for me? Um, a story about a, a Ouija board. And uh, anyway, so um, let's uh, let's get right into this. Um, have you ever played with a Ouija board? Uh, yeah, a long time ago.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I got one. Uh. I had my mom buy us one buy when we were a kid, you know, the little Hasbro or whatever, yeah. the little the little plastic, you know, the clearly cashing in on it, not even trying full of plastic uh, version. My dad got upset. He was, <laughs> he was mad at my mom. I, you know, we, we went to church four times as, <laughs> as a family in my lifetime, <laughs> and my dad was mad that my mom bought, a, bought us a, a little fake Ouija board.
0: Apparently, the exorcist made an impact on your dad. I don't know. Cause that's when Ouija boards stopped being like okay was because of movies like The Exorcist.
1: Oh, this is, I mean I was it's been nineties sometime. So yeah. yeah. But uh all
0: right, so uh Ouija or it's also pronounced because of how it's spelled. No, no one pronounces it that No way. one pr- I, actually I guess it depends on what part of the country you're from. That's one like, of those ones. Yeah. And and who's who told you about it first. Like that's really what, what it brings, you know. What it boils down to, but it is uh actually trademarked by Hasbro. Like they bought the, the rights to it a long time ago. Very spooky. Very <laughs> right. But uh so um but Ouija is is the ter- or is the the trademark for Hasbro, but uh it's used for uh it's uh generically referred to for um any spirit or talking board. Uh let's see. Oh, it was introduced by uh, some dude named Bond back in 1890, so it's been around for a while. Um, so it, it started way back then. How long do you think it took before people started blaming the Ouija board for dumb shit? In
1: 1890?
0: It, well, it, that's it, when it started. So it, in 1890. It, yeah, um, immediately. <laughs> immediately. Absolutely immediately. <laughs> he was probably put on trial. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we're going to talk about today is hey. is a trial. So... um this is uh this is a story about two french people in the early 1900s henry and clotilde and i i'm gonna butcher their names because i am not french and i cannot say french names Uh, so anyway henry and clotilde mershon both of whom were artists immigrated to the united states Uh, henry began working as a diorama artist at the new york state museum uh, his work on the museum's Iroquois dioramas, dedicated in 1918, earned him some recognition. And then in 1925, the couple and their family moved to Buffalo, where Henry and his sons, Paul and George, were in c- commissioned to construct dioramas for the Society of Natural Sciences, or the uh, later to be known as the Buffalo Museum of Science. Um, in the course of their work on the dioramas, Henry worked closely with the Senecas, and he became intimate friends with a young Seneca woman named Leela Hemerson, who modeled for him. And now on about the 6th or 7th of March in 1930, Henry's wife, Clotilde, answered the door of her home and found an unfamiliar Native American woman on her doorstep. In broken English, the woman accused her <laughs> of being a witch and then beat the holy crap out of her with a hammer <laughs> and finally stuffed a chloroform-soaked rag down her throat. Um, as it turns out, chloroform was pretty easy to get in the 1930s, and as it also turns out, it is still pretty easy to get. Still, uh, yeah, dude, I'll let you go ahead and Google that so you can be on the same watch list as me because <laughs> it was like you could get a, a like a 16 ounce bottle for like 60 bucks. That feels irresponsible. <laughs> it feels really irresponsible. Um, but anyway, a uh, short time later, the youngest son uh, came home and found his mom sprawled out on the first floor landing. And everybody thought that at first she just took a nasty fall down the stairs, but then the, the corridor was like, no, no, see all these <laughs> wounds? <laughs> no, she was murdered. Um, <clears throat> the witnesses saw the killer scoping out the house, and uh, soon Henry Sr. pointed the police towards one of his models, himerson. Uh, she and 66-year-old Nancy Bowen, a Seneca tribal healer, were the <coughs> and the actual killer, were arrested on the night of the murder. Soon, the complicated murder plot came to light, and in the fall of 1929, Hemerson and Bowen were using a Ouija board in an effort to contact the spirit of Bowen's recently deceased, deceased husband, Sassafras Charlie Bowen, <laughs> another Seneca healer.
1: Like, even...
0: Even back then, how do you name your kid Sassafras? I'm pretty sure that's a nickname, given that they're – and I'm pretty sure that's a nickname. I'm going to go out on a limb and say a white person gave to a native healer because I eat (laughs) – Good old old Sassy (laughs) Chuck. (laughs) Now you know why I wanted to tell this story. It's simply because of his name. (laughs) Because how often do you get to say Sassafras in in Uh, just daily life? This
1: is quite possibly the first time (laughs) I've ever said Sassafras. (laughs)
0: oh so sassafras charlie bowen is another was another seneca healer um through the ouija board sassafras charlie said that he was murdered by a woman named clotilde or Clu- god i cannot say her name clotilde i don't know I, that's i i can't speak french at all um he he gave her or uh gave the uh, women her address and description Um, After the seance, Bowen began receiving letters from a mysterious Miss Dooley explaining that uh, Clotilde was actually a white witch and placed a hex on Sassafras Charlie because she was jealous of his healing powers. The hex didn't work, so Clotilde just killed him. Her witchcraft didn't work so good, so she just decided to kill him, one letter said. The letter also indicated that Bowen might be the next victim. Now, there were two trials. The first one, uh, Henry admitted that uh, Hemerson was one of his many lovers, too many to count, he said, including a number of natives. He said it was a professional necessity to seduce these women uh, because it made them more willing to pose naked for his diorama modeling. (laughs) (laughs) This guy's got quite a setup
1: like this is for a museum uh, it's, uh, do you remember the last
0: time you made a diorama?
1: Yeah, third grade. <laughs> yeah, I have had a really hard time focusing on the story cause I because I re- I really got hung up on the diorama thing. Like, you know, it, it 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 did take me a minute to realize, "Oh, okay, like I have no, been to the I've been to the it's Smithsonian. Not in the I've, <laughs> like I've I've been to the Smithsonian, you know, I've seen you know, the life-size dioramas. Right, yeah. You know, yeah, these are not third-grade projects least, with, no. with clay and sticks and, and, and army men <laughs> as, <laughs> as stand-ins for pioneers.
0: What's the Minesweeper guy doing?
1: I don't – and, and, like, back in these days, you know, like, why – you, you got to be surprised they took the effort to, to do it instead of just, you know – Kidnapping (laughs) kidnapping Native Americans and making them just live it. Cool, you're you just live in this diorama, by the way. Yeah, you live here now. This is a human zoo for our entertainment.
0: (laughs) You're not wrong. Oh, so uh, he said his wife consented in his free loving lifestyle. She was French, of course, she did. (laughs) It's the 20s, She, she was French, so there's a 50 50 chance that that's BS. uh the second trial was a year later, sin uh, a, le- a year later, and Hemerson testified that she was foolishly in love with Marshawn, but was not actually party to the murder. Uh, she implicated Marshawn himself, saying he told her he was tired of uh, Clotilde. Hemerson was acquitted and freed. Bowen was released after pleading guilty to manslaughter and accepting the sentence of time served. So, like a year. Um, so. Uh, can you guess what happened to Henry after the second trial? Nothing. It's a, it's, it's better than nothing. Uh, he ended up moving to Albany and marrying his wife's 18-year-old niece a year later. That's
1: a win. It's <laughs> <That's Yes>. like, <laughs> hey, just <laughs> happily ever after.
0: FYI, he was like 40 at the youngest at that point.
1: I mean, that's kind of an old man back then. Like,
0: Yeah, that's a really old man. Or not, I don't know. But an 18-year-old, like. That's just what you
1: did. Yeah, you know you can't marry a woman in her forties back then. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> you know if, if you know if they made it to their forties, they're going to be.
0: Uh-huh. So I, what I what I uh, what I found this story, I googled his name. Apparently, he was actually a really well-known artist for other sculptures and stuff like that. But, and he kind of looked, I don't know, he kind of looked like a pot, but <laughs> 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 just the. The picture because he had this stupid 1920s or 30s haircut, like the just the dumb swoop, just it was stupid. I fucking hated his haircut, (laughs) (laughs) but of course, all the women like the pictures were just really, really grainy because they were like taken from like locket size, like here, let's blow this up and put it on the internet. But his is like a portrait,
1: it's gonna be so great 100 years from now because we all have 40,000 photos of us (laughs) (laughs) doing idiotic stuff. (laughs) You know, like you know, your your boy Sassafras. You know him getting him getting a photo taken. That's a you know that that's in a that's a lifetime event.
0: Uh, yeah, especially since he was native. I don't even think I didn't. I don't think I could find a photo of him. Like I found a photo of his wife. That's because she was on trial for murder. So <laughs> they tend to take photos of those people. But yeah, him I couldn't find a picture of, which I really really wanted a picture of Sassafras. <laughs> Uh, so, what kind of story you got for me? All
1: right. Um, us both being former military, I thought I'd go that route. Okay. Uh, we got a little history lesson for you. Okay. All right. Um, this is the biggest screw-up you've ever encountered in the military. Timmy? Yeah, of course, Timmy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, this guy,
0: this one's going to give Tim a run for his money. So there was those two from... The ninety second that ended up getting kicked out, that oh, just two. <laughs> there were t- well, these they were like they came in together, and, like I don't think they they got to the base at the same same time. These those were the two that um Warner and LaForce and everybody like like I I've never actually seen LaForce lose her mind because she was just such a happy go lucky person, but she was like she would actually cuss at them. Like I never heard her cuss ever. <laughs> just like fucking hate these two so they gave Tim a run for his buddy Tim at least had some redeeming qualities he had it you know he was funny and he was he was nice he
1: was he was the kind. Of, he just was never cut out for the military no he uh you know hard worker man he's the kind of guy you could say you know hey go dig me a hole and man he would dig you the perfect hole right he would be he would be out there just never complaining dig you a hole and go, what what's next but you tell him, like, hey, get a haircut. <laughs> could, couldn't handle it. Don't pierce yeah. your nose. Yeah. You know, maybe don't show up with knuckle tattoos. Uh, he, you know, a lot of the basic stuff. But, man, he could dig a perfect hole. Uh, I'm still friends with him on Facebook. Yeah, I haven't talked to him in forever. But um, anyway, yeah, here we go. <laughs> what's, what's... The year 1943. Oh yay. Okay. World War Two. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, instrumental in ending the war, a lot of people will say. Um, FDR took a trip and uh, met up, uh, met up, went across, went across the ocean, met up Churchill, Stalin, Chiang Kai-shek. You know, a lot of these meetings to set up. You know, the the, the alliance that really you know helped us defeat the Nazis and move on. Very important stuff meaning doesn't happen, maybe the war takes a little longer, maybe it goes the other way, I don't know. But very important trip. So uh but it's nineteen forty three. You can't just, you know, you can't just hop on a seven forty seven and fly fly across the across the ocean. You gotta take a ship. Right. So so FDR uh he needs to hop on the USS Iowa. And then they uh and they need to take him over to North Africa. It's a big meaning. So along with FDR is coming Secretary of State the uh, the whole uh, the whole Joint Chiefs, you know, about oh. eighty people in this in this entourage. You know, this is the the war leadership of America. Okay, they pile on the USS Iowa, big secret operation. You can't just broadcast this because there's U-boats out sinking ships. Right. So, uh, yeah, they leave. They they all pile onto his presidential yacht for a party. It sneaks out, sneaks down the river, and they load them onto the USS Iowa. All, they have an escort, couple carriers, couple destroyers, including the star of our to- our story, the USS William D Porter, <laughs> uh, affectionately known as the Willie D. The Willie D. The Willie D. So, um, they don't tell these guys what they're doing. You know, you've been in, you know, yeah. things like that. Hey, someone's important coming by. That's all you need to know. You know, sometimes they say, "Hey, you're going here." You don't ask why. This is the military.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Shut up, a color. Yeah.
1: So captain of the Willie d he's told hey be here and uh that that's all you need to know uh so, cool he's you know backing his ship out <laughs> and uh it's day one what happens he's uh, he's turning his ship around and their anchor snags on on the, shi- <laughs> on the ship next to him, rips off railings ri- <laughs> it rips off railings and lifeboats and it does a decent amount of damage he he's like I got orders, man. I gotta go. I'll see <laughs> <you>. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops! Here's I'll my see you. number, called my insurance. Yes, yeah. he's like, <laughs> sorry, sorry, mate. I gotta go. I, the admiral wants me. I can't stay here. This is this is your problem. So yeah, they, they they don't tell people, you know. Even the guys on the Iowa, they, you know, they they figured it out when he showed up. Yeah. But they're just like, why are we putting a bathtub in on this boat? <laughs> <laughs> like. like like why do I have to install this crap? You know, like this we're a battleship, <laughs> and then and then you know the presidential yacht pulls up and it's like oh okay <laughs> oh yeah this this makes sense now.
0: What what would they call the presidential yacht? Like there's Air Force One and, and Marine One is the like the helicopter. It was
1: something. it was just it had a name. The sailor um, one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know like you know seaman one. Yeah, his boat had a name, but I I neglected to remember it because oh. yeah, it wasn't important. I bet fun. you it was a nautical. Pun. It wasn't yeah. funny. Oh. And it probably wasn't a nautical pipe. So, yeah, they're they're saying, "Hey, we gotta go. There's U-boats in the area. Radio silence. Just hang with us. Watch for Nazis. Do your thing." Right. And they're underway, full steam ahead, blasting across the ocean. It's, a, <laughs> it's an eight-day trip, so they got nothing to do and just a whole lot, a whole lot of time on their hands. Uh, day two, an explosion. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's freaking out. No one, no one's talking to each other. Right. They're like, what the hell? Is that it, is it, what was that? Was that a torpedo? Or are we are we under attack? You know, people are rushing to battle stations and then uh they're like, oh no. The Willie D just accidentally dropped the depth charge. <laughs> it was it was not on a rack. It, it was not secured in the rack. It wasn't, oh. you know, the safety wasn't on. Whoops. <laughs>
0: I'm guessing the Willie D is the cause for a lot of uh, safety briefs yeah, and yeah. SOPs. Yeah,
1: this is uh, this is we're still early on in the trip. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, do continue.
1: Next day, rogue wave, <laughs> <laughs> man overboard. <laughs> FDR's got to get to Africa. Sorry, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, wow. Uh, just left him, you know. <laughs> ne-
0: um, we'll get you on the way back.
1: Coming up next. Oh, we got engine troubles and the Willie D's falling behind. So uh, the Admiral that's on the Iowa, he's looking like kind of a jerk right now. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's got this one this one jerkwad <laughs> captain following them to keep screwing up. He's getting chewed out because the the, the whole Joint Chiefs are there. Right. Looking bad in front of the Army. <laughs> 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 looking bad in front of the Secretary of State and FDR. So he uh, admonishes the uh, the the uh, the captain, and the Willie D. Which, is, if uh, you're not familiar with the military, admonish <laughs> is the technical term for getting your ass chewed,
0: <laughs> especially when you're that high up.
1: Yeah, and yeah. Uh, getting getting admonished from the chief of naval ops <laughs> 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 that's that's a big deal. Like you already lost a guy. <laughs> You scared the crap out of the president. You made everyone <laughs> think they're <were> getting attacked. <laughs> uh, you ripped apart another ship, <laughs> and they at this point they are basically to Bermuda. <laughs> 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 they are they are not far. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no. so now Chief of Naval Ops, he's like, I got, I got the president here. This is you know this is my career mission right now. What are we gonna do to impress the guy? <laughs> live fire exercise of course of course so you know he's like hey we got to show fdr we got you covered so send up some balloons we're gonna put our gunners on we're gonna shoot these balloons out of the sky and show him hey our gunners are good we can shoot down we can shoot down nazi planes if any happen to, to find us out here in bermuda balloons go up they're firing the guns fdr is sitting in his blanket with a blanket over his legs, probably having a good time. <laughs> you know, a uh, couple of balloons, you know, they they get away. You know, I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe shooting balloons is harder than, <laughs> than, than shooting incoming Nazi airplanes. Uh, I don't know. It was some, but, some wind shear or something. Yeah, but, uh, you know, hey, these balloons, they start drifting over towards the Willie D. <laughs> and... Um, so this captain already knows he's on the shit list. So what, what could he do to start, you know, to get back in the good graces and show that he's a competent captain. Hey, they're doing a lot of fire exercise. I'm going to shoot some of these balloons down. So out of nowhere, they just open fire. (laughs) And then captain, Hey, you know what? This is going well. We're hitting some balloons. They're clearly going to be impressed, you know. Um, okay. Let's say you're a terrible officer. <laughs> you're yeah. on the most important mission in your career, and your entire job is just shut up and tag along. That's all, that's all you have to do. So what brilliant idea are you going to come up with? Exercise. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're going to take this a step further. You know, we we fired, we shot down some balloons. We need to simulate firing torpedoes. Oh boy, that's, that's going to show that we are ready for this war. Oh boy. So, um, let me backtrack. The year is 1943. Um, who do you think is crewing this ship? Kids. <laughs> yeah, there's a draft. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh yeah, the draft. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This ship was built a year ago. Oh, even uh, better. Yeah, they're uh, you know hey we're we're knee deep in world war II in 1943 yeah. They're they're grabbing everyone right so cuz back a-
0: then you could be you could volunteer at 17 yeah
1: this this is a sh- yeah, yeah i got a i got a quote about 17 year olds coming up <laughs> Dur- during the trial phase of the story <laughs> <laughs> so yeah he's you know what we need we need to show that we are capable of fighting a war and protecting the president. We need to simulate live fire and some torpedoes. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, and the way you do that is you load up a torpedo, you put it in the tube, uh, you take aim at whatever you have, uh, which out on this convoy, what do you assume they took aim at?
0: Given a pot of whales <laughs> at this uh, point. No, or do they uh, put a life raft out there?
1: No. Uh, you know, there's there's ships around. You might as well just use them, right? Oh, my God. They... So, so they take aim at the USS Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because, oh. you know, hey, there's a ship. We practice. Put the torpedo in the tube. Pull off that primer. <laughs> <laughs> shut the tube. And we, and, and we go through the process. Oh, boy. So, hey, torpedo one, fire, Click. Successful simulation. Torpedo 2. Fire. <laughs> Click. Successful simulation. Torpedo 3. Fire. Whoosh. <laughs> so. so, so oh, this is the Willie D that the fired. The Willie D fired a torpedo
0: at the, USS, at the president. At the president. Did they take a vase of a new Just, so, no, at, so, at any point does, does Roosevelt roll off the deck? Uh. Um, almost, almost. Almost. Okay. Almost.
1: Dur- <laughs> during this, uh, yeah, you're, you're getting ahead of me. So, that's, that's what I picture. So now, oh, shit. You know, you got a dilemma. You were under orders to be radio silent. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you just fired a torpedo at the president. What do you do? Clearly you have the 17-year-old fresh out of basic training, start getting on his flashlight system, <laughs> and start sending a message. So, yeah, uh, you know, the spotters over on the Iowa are like, they're, you know, wrapping up their live fire exercise, (laughs) (laughs) you know, showing off for the president. Uh, And, oh, there's some flashing lights over on the Willie D. And uh, what are they saying? Uh, Torpedo in the water. (laughs) It's moving away from us. (laughs) Okay. Oh, shit. We got, I don't know what's going on, but at least we're cool. Uh Uh-oh, 17-year-old messed up. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise. (laughs) Uh, torpedo's getting closer. And, uh, cool, they're not doing anything. So now Captain of the Willie D, okay, I guess we got a radio. <laughs> you know, that's, we really can't wait any longer. So he uh, radio's over. He's like, hey, uh, you know, hard left. Get, get, get out of the way. Guy in the eye with the radio guy, easiest job. <laughs> easiest job of this whole trip. He's got to sit by the radio while everyone's ordered to be silent. <laughs> he, you know, he's there, emergency, head right, do whatever, and he's just like, wait, what? <laughs> why, are, why are you talking to me? And then they yell at him, like, listen, asshole. <laughs> Dude, you, like, you're about to blow up hard right now. <laughs> and so they, uh, you know, send the orders, pull a hard right, almost sends Roosevelt flying, because, <laughs> you know, he's, he's on wheels, He's got – his protection detail is like you know, the Iowa's – like the Iowa can see the torpedo coming now. They're trying to blast it out of the water because they got all their guns ready. Of course. You know, like his – Roosevelt staff is like drawing their weapons like to try and shoot this torpedo in the water. <laughs> it's that it's that desperate of a situation where, um, you know, I, as a Secret Service man, do you dive in the water and try and take that bullet? <laughs> you know, does that help? I don't know. <laughs> but uh luckily uh you know they they made they made the turn obviously you know that roosevelt didn't die in a right. free, in a freak torpedo accident no and uh <laughs> yeah they um you know the, the Willie d got sent home after that one <laughs> they that was the yeah yeah they yeah that was the final straw that was, was the final straw was firing a torpedo at the president <laughs> you know like what do you say the guy's like Whoops, that was an accident. I swear I wasn't trying to kill you and then checking out. You know, you, you, you can't risk that. <laughs> so they, they, they sent the ship back to Brubina. Uh They had a, had a naval base there. And for the first time ever, the ship docked, they arrested the entire crew. <laughs> there were armed, armed Marines at the dock. <laughs> and get off. You're all going to jail. We will sort this out later. <laughs> Like, but the, I was just the cook. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Don't the, care. Yeah, the article I read said it was the first time ever, which does imply there's a second time <laughs> that, that an entire crew has been arrested, which we'll have to figure out at some point. Yes. But, yeah, then, uh, you know, so, yeah, there's hearings. Uh, there's there's trials. Uh, one of the crewmen said, uh, this, this is my favorite quote. Because there were a lot of rookies in the service in 1943. (laughs) Uh, You know, mistakes were made because 17 year olds don't know how not to make mistakes. (laughs) (laughs) Which is, oh, just every airman you've ever worked with. Every E3. Yeah, so. (laughs) Uh, You know, eventually. Eventually, through all the hearings, it comes out there was, you know, one guy, a seventeen-year-old guy, his first ship. You know, he's like, "Okay, I forgot to pull that primer off." <laughs> so... He's like, "You know, uh, you know, I panicked after 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 it fired. I grabbed what was left of the charge and I threw it overboard." <laughs> his sentence: fourteen years of hard labor. Oh my god! <laughs> and then, uh, it, so it turns out, FDR heard this and FDR being a uh, you know notoriously chill guy right <laughs> said don't punish him it was a mistake so i think he got off uh, so the rest of the crew though you know they're just like clearly you cannot handle <laughs> being b- being a warship so you guys get to go patrol alaska <laughs> <laughs> part 2 trouble in alaska <laughs> But yeah, they're patrolling the Aleutians, you know, which is, uh, you that's know, that's just
0: that string of islands. Yeah, yeah, that has yeah, absolutely nothing on it.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Um, there was, I back in World War II, I think it was fear of Japan moving along. You know, they were doing island hopping, and yeah, you know, I don't really know too much about that that area of World War II, so it was concerned. But it's, you know, being sent to the Aleutians in World War II is kind of like here, <laughs> here's you go somewhere where you can't really hurt stuff. <laughs> So this crew is getting made fun of, you know, like it's it's kind of an open secret where the, the story, I guess, wasn't fully declassified until like the late 50s. Oh. Um, but, you know, everyone knew. Every, even the Coast Guard. Yeah. You know, them. like th- they would meet up other ships and they would be like, don't shoot. We're Republicans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so. so, um, yeah. Uh, when, one of the guys there is just, you know. Like, they got to go, they got to, you know, go on land and hang out. It's, you know, it's pretty chill detail for being in World War II, is being up in Alaska. You know, you get, you a little cold, you get the (laughs) sea, but, you know, there's bases. You get to go on land and hang out and do whatever. So this guy, he comes back on the boat, pretty hammered, and he's like, we're never going to see any action over here. You know, I, I signed up. I left little Mary Sue, my high school sweetheart, to come fight in the war. I'm going to fire this gun. <laughs> no, he's drunk, and he he, get, he gets a shot off before he even figures it out. And hey, just, you know. Wait, how he, how big of a gun? Five-inch shell.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> so. Wait, f- There's no bit Like, you actually had to, like, load the shell and then a bag of, like. Yeah, I don't think he was loading it
1: like a, like, tamping it down like a musket.
0: No, 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 no. It's like you, you. You put the round in, and then behind it is what you put your – the charge. Yeah. yeah I, I, so for distance. You know, so he's doing all this drunk yeah, by himself. Yeah.
1: you know, And uh, so where this charge ends up landing is the base commander's yard. <laughs> Damn near blows up his house. Uh, you know, like l- you, Luckily, no one's hurt. But, you know, what else would you expect from the Willie D? Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, things start getting a little more serious in Japan – They're already in the Pacific, and they're like, hey, you know, we we actually need ships. So you guys can go to Okinawa. Oh. You guys guys can join some fighting. They make it out there, and, uh, you know, they finally start seeing some action. The kamikaze is, is coming at them. Pop, 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 pop. They, you know, shoot down the plane. Splash down one kamikaze. They're all celebrating. Wait a minute. Really close. The plane's still sliding under the water. Torpedo goes off, lifts the ship. Damn near blows it in half. Oh damn! End of the Willie D. <laughs> <laughs> you know it, it got one little kind of win right at the uh, end.
0: Oh, that still almost took it out. Like when you're, we you finally got one, and it almost kills you. Yeah,
1: no, and then it does. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure people died. Just right. Well, at yeah, the, when you lift the ship out of the water. Just right at the end of the uh, war. That's. And that's the tale of that's the Willie the, D.
0: That's the story. I had never heard that story. That's me either. That was uh, that was intense. That was a good one. That was pretty good. I bet you Jonkers could to have topped that. <laughs> put put Jonkers in the
1: na- in the Navy in the forties, man. Something crazy was bound to happen.
0: Actually, you know, in, in the forties, somehow he probably would have got a Medal of Honor. <laughs> I just because he he's such a yeah. If somebody had just left him alone, he would have been just like, hey. So there was this thing over – I just blew it up, and it was like, that was an enemy ship. Good job. Oh, I didn't mean to.
1: You know, if it was anything like the movies where, you know, when, like when you're out in combat and people stop, you know, I think a lot of the a lot of the dumb stuff in the military is because, like, we're hey, bored. yeah, it's like, yeah, we're at war for the last two decades, but we got nothing better to do. So you get all these old guys who, you know, get uptight about the color of your socks and – you know, and getting the ruler out for your hair, you know, but, you know, I think, Hey, you know, out in combat Maybe he would have done a little better having, having a little more leeway, yeah. you know, just to do the job and maybe not be so military.
0: Yeah. As long as you gave him a place to go skateboard, I
1: think he'd have been okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that's the show folks. Thanks for joining us.
1: You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at not a terribly good podcast.